Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Inna alhamdulillah. Inna alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiru wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billah min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihillah falamudillala wa man yudlilhu falahadiyala. ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا عما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا ما لكم إذا قيل لكم انفروا في سبيل الله إثاقلتم إلى الأرض أرضيتم بالحياة الدنيا من الآخرة فما متاع الحياة الدنيا في الآخرة إلا قليل وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما لي وللدنيا ما لي وللدنيا إنما مثلي كراكب استظل تحت شجرة فراها وترك الشجرة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في حديث آخر من أحب دنياه أضر بآخرته ومن أحب آخرته أضر بدنياه فآثروا ما يبقى على ما يفنى أو كما قال عليه والسلام. I begin this khutbah with a disclaimer that this is a khutbah I've given before in this very masjid. But it's a khutbah that is often needed to be a topic that needs to be spoken about quite often. See, as I was sitting here getting ready to speak, I noticed that my glasses had all types of marks on them because I told my kids to find my glasses for me. And they put their fingerprints all over them. So I started to clean them and I realized that just as our glasses get dirty and need to be cleaned regularly, there are concepts that our Prophet ﷺ taught us that need to be reminded so often. And the more we're reminded by them, the better we're able to make the correct choices necessary in life. I asked the brothers and sisters in this room who have children 
that if you were on your deathbed and you had your children around you and you had one final advice to give them, what advice would you give them? You can't be long, they won't remember it. It must be brief, it must be something that sticks with them, but it must be something that guides them. Every day we make thousands of choices, small ones. Will I pray to Rakat right now? Will I open an app and scroll for a few more moments? Every day we make thousands of choices. But if I wanted to give my son, my daughters, advice that would help them make the correct choices throughout life, what advice would you and me give? So I turn to the Quran. And we find Ya'qub sitting around, his sons around him. He gave wasiha to his children. And he says to them, number one, that don't leave this world except that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You believe in an akhirah, you believe in a jannah, you believe in a jahannam. And he says, know that Allah has Allah has chosen you, selected you, given you a special gift that not everyone has. The cleaning of glasses that we want to be reminded about today, if that's a metaphor I can use, is the importance of focusing on the akhirah, the life that is to come. See, once you put the akhirah into the equation in any decision that you have to make, it makes it a bit easier to make the correct decision. I start with a situation from the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The narration is by Anas bin Malik, and he says, Anas bin Malik, he says, nabi We went to the Prophet house. And he's laying down on a mat. And under his head is a very coarse pillow made of leather and it's filled with straw. The young man Anas bin Malik is trying to point out that it isn't that comfortable. And while he's laying there, Umar ibn Khattab walks into the room. فَدَخَلَ عَلَيْهِ فَبَكَى The Prophet is laying down, resting, a few companions sitting around him, I want you to picture it. And Umar ibn Khattab walks into the room. Umar is looking around this room, this small, air quotes, house of the Prophet wasallam, And he's looking at this bed that the Prophet wasallam, is laying on, and this pillow. And he sees nothing but simplicity and, quite frankly, discomfort. And he begins to cry. He begins to cry, as many of us have been crying recently, doing, being, having to see the difficulties that others are going through. He begins to cry. The Prophet ﷺ is in touch with everyone around him, so he notices right away, and he says, he says, فَقَالَ لَهُ النَّبِيِّ يَا عُمَرْ مَا يُبَكِيكَ What makes you cry, O Umar? Why are you crying? Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, he says, Ama wallahi, ma abaki ya Rasulullah, Alla akuna a'lam annaka akramullah, akrama alallah min kisra wa kaysara, fahuma ya'ishani fima ya'ishan, 
فِيهِ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَأَنْتَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ بِالْمَكَانِ الَّذِي أَرَى Now this is a very powerful moment because we are witnessing oppression, we are witnessing difficulty is not even a strong word to witness, to describe what we're witnessing happening in Gaza, Palestine. But again, if we don't clean the glasses, we, don't, we won't be able to respond the way Allah wants us to respond. We won't be able to process this world correctly. So in this moment, I want you to take you back to this room. In this moment, Umar ibn Khattab sees the Prophet. And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, why are you crying? What's wrong? Tell me what's on your heart. And he said, why shouldn't I cry, Ya Rasulullah? Look at these, these, these kings of the world. Look at Kaysar, look at Kisra. Look how they're living their lives. Look at the ease and the luxury that they have. Have you not thought the same thoughts? Look at the ease that they have. Look at how everything is just so easy for them. So easy. Take your kids to the park, playground, run around. So easy. Food, where are you going to eat tonight? Hmm, I'm feeling Chinese. What are you feeling? So easy. Omar ibn Khattab is crying because he's thinking about the ease of this world that others have. But then the Sayyidul Kaunain, the, the blessed of God, the most beloved of God, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is sitting here with a leather pillow that leaves an imprint on his body and on his head. And this breaks him down. Now, we would expect in this moment that the Prophet ﷺ, he responded with compassion and he said, Oh, Omar, oh, thanks for feeling bad for me. But that's quite the contrary. It's, it's quite the contrary. See, sometimes and most of the times, the ones who are sacrificing for the sake of God, they have the best vision and clarity than everyone else. I hope you can understand these metaphors. Sometimes the ones going through it are the ones telling the other people, have you forgotten what this is all about? Sometimes they're the ones praying Juma next to demolished masjids. Reminding us, hey guys, don't forget what this is all about. This is about Akhirah. The Prophet ﷺ does not get up and embrace Umar. And, and show thankfulness for his compassion. La. He has to clean the glasses off. So what does he say to him? He says, Ama tarda? Ah. Ama tarda? Omar, are you not happy? Are you not content? Ama tarda, the word rada, when we speak of sahaba, we say radiallahu an wa radhuan. They were pleased with God and God was pleased with them. He said, And listen, I want to ask you this question. I want you to answer this question. Does it not make you happy, O Umar, that that is for them here and for us there? Have you forgotten? I ask myself and I ask you, have we forgotten? A focus on the akhirah will motivate you. It will allow you to do what needs to be done in various circumstances. I began today's khutbah with a verse of Quran. A beautiful verse. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes 
a scenario, and I want to paint the picture before we read the verse. It was the battle of Tabuk. It was a far journey north. A, a, a messenger that the prophet had sent had been slain for no reason other than he was taking a message to the Romans. They killed him for no reason. The Prophet ﷺ says this is against all of the, the rules, the laws, the norms. But we understand how people bend those when they need to. So the Prophet ﷺ says, no, we must do something. Everyone, we're going up north. We're going to show some force. But it's a far journey. It's difficult. It's not easy. And here's the crazy part. It was right at the time when the dates would be ripening and ready to pick. A critical moment. You can't leave them on too long, they'll spoil. And we'll lose a lot of the crop for this year. So the Prophet ﷺ gives the word, everyone, we have to go. We have to go, we have to move. This isn't urgent. We need to do something. And some responded as they should, ready to go. But others... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us a response, and I'm going to read the verse now. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu malakum, idha qila lakum infiru fi sabilillah, O you who believe, when it is said to you, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, malakum? What is wrong with you? That when it is said to you, infiru fi sabilillah, go out in the path of God. Now, for us, there was a context. For me and you, it's different. There's different contexts. There may be different things that we have to do for the sake of God. As I said, every moment has choices. Every moment has choices. Why, when it is said to you, go out in the path of God, look at the verbiage of the Quran. Oh, the Quran says, when it is time to move, you get heavy to the ground. You get stuck where you're at. And then Allah asks us a question. Are you more pleased with this world over the Akhirah? I ask ourselves these questions. What made it so easy for Uthman bin Affan to bring all of his wealth and donate it? He wasn't stuck in clinging to this world. My topic for today was the attachment to this dunya and how it causes us to lose our chance in the akhirah. When you have akhirah in front of you and the Prophet ﷺ comes and he says, we need donations. Nothing is holding you back because your heart isn't tied down to this world. Your heart is focused on the akhirah. You're light on your feet, so to speak. You're ready to go. What's needed from me? What's needed from me? Some of the scholars, they say, one of the things that makes us feel weighted down, not, every, not ready to make the choices for akhirah, is us always choosing raha, raha, ease over sacrifice. Ease over sacrifice. I want to narrate one or two more narrations so that we understand what this dunya is for us. In one hadith, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, 
إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا حَمَاهُ الدُّنْيَا When Allah loves his, or her, his, his, his servant, then he protects them from the dunya. He keeps it away from them. Because that's an attachment that we don't need. We need attachment with him. One of the scholars, they say that the Rasul ﷺ, he lost Khadijah, he lost Abu Talib, he lost all of these close people. Why? So that his ta'alak, his connection would only be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah loves his servant, he protects the dunya from this person. And the Rasul he says, The same way when someone's sick, you protect them from foods. Uh, a few weeks ago, my son uh, was sick. Had a fever, he had whatever, stomach bug. And he wants to eat, but whenever he eats, he throws it up. So his mother is giving him small portions. But he wants more. And he's crying, give me more food, give me more. But she's saying, no, you can't have it. Is he sitting there? Okay, he's not there. Give him more, give me more, give me more. But his mother keeps saying, no, it's not good for you. No, it's not good for you. She would only give him a, you know, a little bit of water just so he's not dehydrated. But he's like, no, I want more, I want more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, some of us are like that child that wants more dunya. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, no, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. Let me keep this away from you. As I said, brothers and sisters, we are forced to make thousands of decisions every day. The way we will make the right decisions is when akhirah is right before us. The last hadith that I'll share with you is from Ibn Mas'ud, in which Ibn Mas'ud says that he saw the Prophet ﷺ wake up from a nap, and he was, had an imprint on the side of his body from the rugged conditions that he lived in. Again, he taught us not to get accustomed to comfort always, just seeking comfort, but rather get accustomed to seeking the pleasure of Allah. Seek that always. So he saw the imprint. And Ibn Masood says, when we saw the imprint, we said to the Prophet ﷺ, why don't we make a nicer pillow for you? Why don't we make this world a bit more comfortable for you? And I'm telling you again because I know I needed to hear this. The ones going through the sacrifice are the ones reminding us the reality of this world. It's up to us to take the lesson. It's up for us to focus on the akhirah and make the choices that need to be made every day. In this moment, the Rasul ﷺ, he says, listen to these words. And my time is almost done. Mali walid dunya. He says, what do I care about this dunya? What do I care? They didn't ask to build him a palace. They asked, should we make another pillow for you? A bit softer. He said, I ain't going to be here that long. I ain't worried about it that much. It's not that important to me. It's not that big of a deal. Mali walid dunya. I don't care. And then he said these words. Ma ana fid dunya illa karakib. I want you to picture this and we'll conclude. He said, my example is like a person on a journey. I'm trying to get somewhere. And I see a tree that has shade under it. So I go to the tree and I sit down under the shade. But guess what? 
The tree isn't my final destination. It's just a pit stop. It's just a Bucky's. It's just Bucky's. I don't care about the bathrooms in a pit stop. I don't care how comfortable it is. Because my focus is not on the pit stop. And if we keep that in our mind, if you walk out of this building and every time you see a tree, you remember the analogy of I'm just here for a short time. Traffic jams become less bothersome. HR, you know, HR, they become less of a nuisance. I'm here for a short time. I don't care. The difficulties of this dunya become so minuscule. But what of the blessings? You become grateful. When you stop at Bucky's and you see those nice bathrooms, you go, okay, alhamdulillah. I'm not going to set up shop here, but I'll benefit from the cleanliness. So focus on the akhirah makes us more appreciative of the blessings that we have, our children, our spouses, our parents who are still alive with us. It makes us more appreciative. But because it's not the objective, we're able to keep focus. The Prophet said to him, he says, I sat under the tree, thumma raha, then I get up and I leave Bucky's. Alhamdulillah. So if I was to give one advice to my son in my last moment, my advice to him would be, don't focus on the tree. Focus on the end of the journey. إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونصلي على رسول الكريم أما بعد. Brothers and sisters, while the Prophet gave us the psychological and spiritual uh, um, keys to understanding and dealing with this world, he also taught us to do everything we could to be a part of change in this world. The Prophet in one hadith he said, "Unsur akhaka walimun aw mazlumun." Help your brother, be they oppressor or oppressed. The Sahaba, they said, Ya Rasulullah, we understand what it means to help an oppressed person, but how do we, how do we help the oppressor? The Prophet Wasallam he says, by grabbing his hand and stopping him. What this means for me and you as American Muslims, we have the ability to press buttons, fill in dots, vote and do things to cause change. How dare we stand in rallies but don't stand in line to cast a vote that could potentially change the outcome of the of our brothers and sisters around the world. How dare we don't use our voice, use this blessing that we have, do whatever is in within, within your means to be a part of change. I'm looking at a room of, of average age of 25, 30, 35, but majority of us don't stand in that line in the primaries and show that we are not going to sit here and passively watch what happens to our brothers and sisters around the world. Now, I don't care how you do it. There are other people, scholars, that can better tell you how to cast that vote. But I'm telling you, you have to stand up and do something. We can't just let it happen. We have to be a part of change. And I'll support it with a narration that happened in the 
pre, pre-prophetic era of the Prophet ﷺ, it was called Hilful Fudul. Hilful Fudul was a moment when the Prophet ﷺ was a young man, probably around the age of 24 years old, well before prophethood. A man from the Zubaydi tribe had come to Mecca to do some trade, and As bin Wa'il, who's a very uh, well-known, prestigious man, he went to trade with him, and when the Zubaydi outsider came and gave him his money, As bin Wa'il stiffs him. He doesn't give him his stuff, and he walks off. The Zubaydi goes around the entire tribe of the Quraysh, and he asks everyone, don't you see this oppression? Will you help me? The same way our brothers in Philistine and we are going around the world saying, don't you see this oppression? And what happened? Everyone puts their head down because of who did the crime. This is in the seerah. Until finally, finally, the Zubaydi man, he goes on the mountain of Abi Qubais. He goes on the mountain and he screams this beautiful poetry that this is supposed to be a land of justice, a world of peace, and look at you honorable people putting your hands and heads in the sand. And finally, Zubair, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, he says, enough is enough, guys. They all gathered in the house of Abdullah bin Jada'an. And they sit there and pledged, and they said, we will stand against oppression. No matter who does the oppression, and no matter who is the oppressed, and they signed this treaty and they went and they forced Osman Wilde to stop the oppression. And the beautiful part is when the Prophet ﷺ later in life, when he spoke about this moment, he said, I have witnessed a moment of justice. If I was called to it again as a Muslim, as a prophet, I'd do the same thing again. Scholars have said it shows that he would partner with people who don't share the same faith if it removes oppression. Now what more do we need? What more do we need? Even if you think your vote doesn't do anything, it's a witness before God. I tried my best. There's a philosopher walking on a beach. And he's walking next to a a friend of his. And there are thousands of Starfish on the beach that have beached themselves and they're going to die because they need to be in water. Thousands of them. And as he's walking, he sees his friend, the philosopher, you know, always intellectual, ivory tower, you know. His friend bends down and he throws a starfish into the water. And he bends down and throws another one. And the philosopher friend, he looks at him and he says, there's a thousand more. You're going to do that for all of them? And instead of replying, he picks up another one and throws it in. Now's not the time to talk. Now's the time to do something. So may Allah make us people that don't just talk about change, but become active members of the society that initiate change. Now is the time for that. Now is the time to do that.